Welcome to Gadgets for Families, the tech podcast for the family IT person and everyone else that wants to get more out of their life through tech. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. And I'm your co-host, Jason Benjamin. Thank you for joining us on this launch episode. Jason, it seems like we've been recording a lot lately, right? Yeah, yeah, it seems like it, but I've been having a blast. Yeah, I've loved the conversation. So just a couple of reminders. If you've listened to our other two launch episodes, you'll have already heard this. But like most things that get really, really good in life, this is going to be a journey. So we're focused on the content, and we'll always be looking to improve that. But we're not so focused right now on the production quality of the show. So uh, I know in editing our first few episodes that you and I have talked about a few things and we had some audio challenges yesterday as we figure out the technology that's associated with this. So we would just ask for some patience uh, as we improve the audio quality. Um, we'll get better at it as we go along and we'll get more efficient at it. So, and, and also, yeah. you know, Jason, you've got people coming and going in your home. I've got my grandkids running around. Both of us have plans to be remote. So at some point, there's things that are just going to pop in that we're just not going to get out of there. So apologies if that's not what you're looking for, but that's who we are. We'd rather have really good content than awesome production quality and crappy content. Yeah, yeah. And a bit of an Easter egg on our Tech Hit episode. Uh, I don't know if, Greg, you, you were able to remove it, but there's a part while we were recording where my neighbor's chickens came for some reason they like to congregate in my backyard outside of my window so if you guys heard some uh some chickens yesterday that was uh just my neighbors visiting nice nice well a little i had this down later but i'll tell you right now they're starting to build a home directly across the street from my office window so and this morning they oh. were pounding <laughs> through the uh, curb and gutter to start putting in the plumbing line. So for the next however oh, yeah. many months, I'm going to have construction. So just get over it. So yeah. yeah. All right. So this is our third of three launch episodes. Don't worry if you didn't watch them in, in some specific order. We didn't have an order for them, but it's also labeled episode one. This is what we're imagining our regular episodes are going to look like going forward. Now, we aren't quite sure on the time frame. Jason and I love to talk about tech. So who knows if these shows are going to go on and on and on and on. We'll try and keep core shows down to a reasonable time frame and then stick things in the post show or do some bonus episodes or something. But we'll figure that as we go along. So for today, though, we've got some news and a few quick things to cover before we dive in and talk about today's topic, which we're actually going to talk about WWDC. We'll explain what that is and what we hope comes out of it. And then for our deep yep. dive segment, since we're coming up on summer and travel and Jason and I want to have flexibility to be able to record anywhere, we're going to talk about re working remotely and go bags and a couple of things like that. That's the geeky deep dive for this week. So stick around for all of that because I think it's going to be a great episode. Anything else, Jason, you can think yeah. of we need to let them know up front? No, no, that's all, all good info. I think... Uh... For anyone trying to work remotely or, or, you know, summer plans to travel and still want to stay connected, uh, I think we have some good information for you. All right. Now, before we get started, if you haven't already, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button in your podcast player. And if you're listening on the web, just open your favorite player on your mobile device and search for Gadgets for Families and then hit that button. We can also be found on Twitter and Instagram as Gadgets for Families, no vowels, GDGTS, the number four FMLS. 
That's where we're going to post tips, tricks, episode reminders, and also where we want to experiment with some video clips and emphasis on the word experiment, right, Jason? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I know I posted our trailer to YouTube, so we'll see how that goes. We do have a YouTube channel, same handle, GDGTS for FMLS. Feel free to check that out there. Hopefully longer term, this will get to the point where we can start posting like little video tutorials of some of the tips and stuff that we share. So we'd like to get there, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So Jason, I have a couple of catch-up items I want to follow up with you on. First one actually related to the podcast and then a more fun one. How's your setup coming? I know you've uh, uh, broken a couple of things as you've tried to get set up. So I did, I did. So I ordered a um, iPhone mount and it was one that was going to uh, clamp on to the uh, to the vertical bar that holds the monitors in place. So clamps onto there, it kind of overlaps over the uh, the monitor. That way I can look directly at the screen here in the center and, and it looks like I'm looking at the camera. Well, the one I ordered, it was just a little bit too small. It put too much pressure on the plastic. I almost had it on. And actually now that I'm thinking, thinking it through, I should have just opened it till its widest amount, opened the little, the, the little teeth, and then slid it down towards the, from the top instead of going on the side over the bar and put a little too much pressure on it, and uh, it snapped. <laughs> nice. So I had to, to repurchase one of those, uh, a different one this time, uh, you, and you actually recommended a good one, so uh, I rethought that whole, that whole idea of just clamping it in one fixed place, and I'm going to go with like a like a tripod kind of floor setup. That way we can move the cameras back and forth and and uh, be more mobile instead of it being a, in a fixed position. Yeah, um, and I think one of so the, yeah, I'm still working on that. I think one of the goals, right, is so right now my camera angle is kind of offset and yours is still straight on. And yeah. for the trailer, we were both straight on. But I think the goal is to not have any video that we do be so formal, have it be a little more laid back. And so yeah. that's really what that's for, right, is to get that kind of an offset angle or to be able to adjust it. And, you know, maybe one time we talked about cruise ship corner last week, maybe one time we'll get you to record yeah. in front of cruise ship corner so people can see it or something like that. So that have some fun. Yeah. I mean, really when you and I talked about doing this, we started talking about this maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. And it was all about, Hey, we're already passionate about this. We love doing it. We just want to have some fun doing it with it. And if we can help other people, and, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit of funding for our gadget habits, then, you know, that would be awesome. So we'll have some fun with this. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so I'm still working on it. I still am kind of designing a, and, and we'll share pictures and, and all of this on the social media, your setup, my setup, uh, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, I'm still working it through. I need a place to keep my keyboard stable. Uh, I did upgrade my keyboard to something wider. I had trouble with my palms touching the touchpad on that smaller one. Remember when we, I told you we was editing the uh, the notes and I kept jumping around and didn't realize that I was editing different sections and all of that. So, uh, and a few other things. I'm looking for a um, a USB C hub with a longer connection, like one that I could use my own USB C cable from the hub to the uh, to the device, rather than you know, they usually have the, just like a little short three inch, four inch cable on it. I want one where I can control the uh, the length of that. So so still working on it. It's a work in progress, but I do have a, a 
good enough setup to get started and and you know give some uh some good quality uh content well i sent you an email for a USB-C hub i saw this morning i don't think it's what you're looking for if you're looking for that but it definitely is a more portable one so and it's capable of 4k okay. video so we'll have to talk about that at some point i know i don't have that on my list yeah. to talk about USB-C hubs today because i think we're still both trying to figure that out but when we figure it out we'll come back with it yeah yeah so so and uh oh go ahead nah, please we're gonna keep doing that right keep talking over the top of each other until we figure out this whole flow and dynamic thing so go ahead yeah yeah so and yesterday we got to catch the uh the astros yeah i wanted uh, to ask uh, about maybe. that you sent me a picture i was jealous not of you watching the astros because i'm a yankees fan but you know <laughs> so it's it's weird too <clears throat> you know I, I believe i mentioned before that i was i'm a uh a big Yankees fan too, and uh, love when they play the Astros right here in Houston. I I go and and it's weird because I'm rooting for both teams, but uh, I kind of always want the Astros to win. But any any other time, I I root for both teams. But um, yeah, it's a really good game. So I've only been and I've I've been to a lot of games, but uh, this is probably the first game where they had the roof open the whole time, right? Uh, They'll open it after the after the game to to let the smoke out from the uh, pyrotechnics and all of that. But um, this is this is the first time they had the roof open the entire game, and and uh, it was a weird experience. It felt like I was in a different stadium. It it was that's how different it was. Plus the seats were really good. Yeah, you know there was a a friend of ours. Um, <clears throat> she's a small business owner. Uh, shout out to Sophie Loves Paper. She uh, she had some tickets and. She contacted my wife and was like, hey, I got these really good seats. If you guys want to come, like, well, you don't have to ask us twice. We'll be there. <laughs> so it was it had a really good time. So, yeah, yeah. So I got my uh, my my switch in. So just let me say no game has influenced my life more than The Legend of Zelda, you know, uh, and I love a lot of franchises. I love Fallout. Like you'll see you guys. I wear a ton of Fallout uh, uh, shirts and and. Uh, uh, I have a lot of the, uh, you know, special edition little uh, things that they included with the games and stuff like that. But Zelda is one of those games that if I don't have a Nintendo system at the time, I'll buy one just to play this game. Oh, you know what I mean? That's a, that's so, hardcore uh, dedication there, Jason. It is. It is. And you'll see uh, behind me in a couple of the recordings, there's a big picture of breath of the wild it's it's a picture of link when he he's on top of a mountain and he's staring off into the distance you can see hyrule castle it's just a breathtaking view he's holding a sword and a shield and it's it's beautiful and and a lot of people will see that and like oh he's he bought that because the release of the game is coming out no this has been hanging in my room since like 2017 this <laughs> i've always had this this painting here and it's uh I mean, it's just a wonderful piece of art, and that's what the uh, uh, the game. Even when you think back to those, you know, eight bit or sixteen bit versions of the game, you know, people um, would say like when Breath of the Wild was released, like this is the most beautiful Zelda game ever, you know, and uh, that's not the case for me because even back playing those eight bit games, it looked just like Breath of the Wild to me. <laughs> so in my imagination. It always looked like that. You didn't you know, know there was anything looked... better. You know, we didn't we didn't know yeah, what was yeah. possible. 
yeah, it was always breathtaking. It was always beautiful. So here it is. I don't know if it's if it's coming up. Yeah, it's it's blurring it out. So I got this in this week. Oh yeah, it's it's my my camera blur is is blurring it out. But I did get my uh, my switch in this week, and uh, the game releases on the uh, on the twelfth on the fifteenth. I know I'm a huge fan. I should know the the date exactly, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh. Some pretty exciting news I had this week. I've waited a long time for this thing. There was months where we didn't, you know, because we go by a lot of rumors, right? We we keep up with all of the rumor mills and things like that. But there was points in the last few months where we didn't even know this thing existed. We thought it was someone trolling. They'll release like some blurred pictures of one Joy-Con or something like that. Or some other like like suspect pictures of like the back of the box or something like that. And uh we didn't know it existed, but when Nintendo announced it, yeah, it was it was a good feeling. So tell me this, because an OLED switch is on my wish list, and I mentioned you know in that other episode, right, that I'm hesitant just because I've got the Mario Special Edition. But is the OLED screen yeah. that much of an upgrade? It it is it is that much better. It it feels even though it's you know it's the same hardware, you know what I mean. The battery life hadn't improved much. Uh, the Joy-Cons are still the same Joy-Cons. It almost feels like a different device when you're holding it. I guess I could always take yeah. the Joy-Cons off of the non-OLED or off of my current one and, right, and pair them to the new one because that's yeah. really, on the device itself, on mine, that's the only thing that's really unique is their solid red Joy-Cons, the Mario Red. It'll still yeah. fit in the case that I got, so I guess I could do that. My problem is I love the game, right? I love playing on my Switch, mm -hmm. but... When I start thinking about prioritizing buying something like that, it falls way, way, way down my list. And actually, the current one I had, yeah. um, just a quick story on that, I, I was planning on getting one. They were on sale Christmas of 2019. And mm -hmm. um, December 9th or something like that, I got laid off. And so I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay, I won't be buying one. And when I called and told my grandma that I got laid off, first of all, they were really mad at the company that laid me off, as you can imagine. Family does that, right? Yeah. But the next thing I know is I get a call from my sister that says, hey, grandma says she's buying you this for Christmas. You can't argue. I just need to make sure I get you the one that you want. So I got it for Christmas, and I have definitely, <clears throat> definitely used it, so... Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about some current games, and I tried to get you to play Legend of Zelda, and you're like, ah, oh, that's just not my style of game. It's too much. Like, no, I, it's, it's wonderful. I need stuff that, so like I play sports games, I play soccer, yeah. basketball, and I just have been playing baseball too, but I like that because there's this fixed start and stop, and most of these massive games nowadays, right, they aren't like the old school games, like old school Mario where you had a single mm -hmm. level and then you could save the game and pause and move on and do other things. I just, I'm afraid I would get wrapped up in a game like that, that yes. there's no specific stop point And it'd be like, Oh, what's the next mission? Oh, what's the next mission? You know what I mean? So. Yep. Yep. And before you know it, it's, it's three thirty AM and you're like, wow, I, I was just trying to upgrade my sword or something like that. <laughs> right. So you can't get lost and, and uh uh you can, you know, dump a lot of hours into these things without realizing it. So Yep. Uh, so it's been uh since since Fallout seventy six. I, I played that 
pretty heavily, but it's been this is a the the latest major game that I play in, so I have to really learn to manage my time yeah. uh between, you know, gaming and stuff like that. But yep. you know, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I mean when you run a small business you have all the flexibility in the world, but then if you're not working, you're also not getting paid usually. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I mentioned earlier the construction. I just want to make sure everybody knows that it's going to be going on for however long. But Jason, I went out after we recorded yesterday, which was a pretty long recording session. I needed to get away from mm -hmm. my computer and I uh, went out and worked on the camp trailer again. And uh, yeah, no joy. How'd it go? No joy. Oh, no. So that's not good. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go try the way I thought this way would work better. I've seen some others online. This is a faulty product, right? I mean, they've not mm -hmm. engineered this product because multiple people have had this issue. So I might have to try doing it the way some others have done, which is basically flooding the tank and then trying to get it to float right in front of the opening and grab it. And yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm now going to move into the starting to look for replacements for that hot water heater because it just gets to a point i think i've spent six or eight hours on it so far i mean it just gets yeah. to a point where yeah. you know got to move on so so we know tankless uh tankless heaters are expensive no matter what size they are i know you're saying that they're it's going in a camper so i'm pretty sure it's a small little compact one but um uh, that almost makes it more expensive yeah so you still have your last resort of just ripping the thing out and turning it over and just jiggling it like yep. the old cartoons where they're taking it yeah, through right. and having to change for someone. So you still have that last resort. Uh, when are you going to try to do that? I don't know. Before you go? <sighs> we'll see. So it's it's right now it's soccer playoffs. I'm actually wearing my World Cup 2018 shirt from Brazil. I do cheer for Brazil, live there yeah. for two years. But So we've got a soccer game today. We've got a soccer game most likely on Saturday as long as they keep winning. And then the playoffs would end after next week, depending on how far they go. And uh, so mm -hmm. maybe later on in May. Our first camping trip's not till June 5th. So I don't need to really do anything until then, now that the leaks are fixed, right? But yeah. even then, hot water is not essential to the campground we're going to because we would use their showers and that kind of stuff anyway. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see if I... Yeah. If I get brave, I may keep trying to fiddle with it, right? If I go to that first camp out, I'll have some time up there when maybe I'm a little more relaxed and less worried about stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, you're probably like me. If you, you know, you're, you're focused on trying to resolve an issue and then, you, you know, you, you take a break, you, you step away from it, you come back when you're more relaxed and your mind is more, more at ease and you resolve the problem like yeah. that. Like, you know, it, it'll... It'll be something very simple, something very easy. So, so yeah, yeah, well, keep us up to date on that. I will. It'll be on here till I either buy the new hot water heater or fix it. So, but yeah. Jason, one other item, something that's come up recently. Just, let's just go through a few current things right now. But there's mm -hmm. been uh, a rise in reports about uh, physical theft of iPhones and not just your typical thing that are people are stealing them to resell them, but more of people are actually finding ways to steal the phones, get access to all the data and all of that kind of stuff. And so don't, there's no need to be alarmed about this. Like no freaking out. Don't yeah. say I'm going to go sell my iPhone. 
that's not what we want to talk about. But Jason, I know you put a whole bunch of notes in here. You want to just kind of talk us through what's going on and some things that you can do. And then I've got a tip to add on at the end of this one too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these are, I I put it in my notes. It was just scare tactics by the media, right? So these, uh, these kind of headlines are are what drives their clicks and their views and, and things like that. Right. Those sensationalized headlines like, Oh, uh, uh, you know, bad actors are still in your iPhones are still all of your information. Right. And, uh, I believe I put in here that, uh, there's no need for concern. There's no need for alarm because there's always been a need for alarm. Right. We've always had to be conscious of, uh, entering in our passcode when people are around and, and, uh, you know, securing your belongings, not leaving your device on the counter or whatever and getting up and going to the restroom or, or something like that. So we've always had to do things to protect ourselves. But um, it, it seems like the news just latches on to, to that one story where someone was in a bar or someone was at, at a baseball game and the person behind them saw them put it in their passcode, and things like that. So, again, no need for alarm. But there's always been a need for alarm. So just protect yourselves out there. So I put in here. Um, so what, what they believe uh, is happening or what they're saying is happening is that, you know, uh, you'll be at a baseball game like I was yesterday. Someone sends you a message and the, the person behind you is looking over your shoulder, watches you enter your passcode in. Well, um, the story I saw, it was one particular event. It was a robbery. Uh, they robbed the person after the uh, after the after the um it was a bar the person was at a bar so um immediately had access to things like their bank account things like that you know everything that required that passcode which they already knew on the phone and um uh, that can happen you know at 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 any uh you know any situation uh definitely if if you're getting robbed for your for your devices you have bigger things to worry about than a few pictures of your kids and stuff you know what i mean do what you need to do at that situation um you know to protect yourself but yeah i don't think we should live live our lives in fear thinking that you know everyone is looking over our shoulder because they're going to take our phone and and transfer a bunch of money through your cash app or through your bank account to their account so it just it just doesn't happen it does happen but it it's not happening every day, uh, every minute of every day. So what are some of the preventative things? You've got a few listed here. I put a few down. What are some of yeah. the preventative things that you can do to, I mean, besides being conscious of your surroundings? And I remember one time I was in Manila and I was walking around a big um, fair or a, what do they call them? I can think of the Portuguese word, but now I can't think of the um flea market there we go finally got the word right okay walking around and i had my big giant iphone 7 plus or whatever it was in my back pocket and the host that was with me there was like please put that in your front pocket right i mean being smart with stuff like that but what are some things that you can do that help protect you a little bit better you've got some listed here and then i'll cover a couple too yeah so so the main thing um i would think that anyone needs to do is you know, make sure you have a most recent backup. That way it, it protects you. Even if your device gets doesn't get stolen, if you drop it and the screen smashes beyond use, you'll still have that backup. That way you can get yourself 
back to the point whenever you get a new device, you know, depending on how quickly you get that device. So always make sure you have a full and recent backup of all of your information on the device. And, and again, we're not just talking about Apple devices. This is all of your devices. Uh, every major uh, device manufacturer has a way for you to back up your information on your phone. It's just kind of, kind of one of those standard features now for smartphones. Um, also, make sure you have accurate um, recovery info. Make sure that that email address, you still have access to that recovery email. Uh, things like with Apple, they have uh, security questions that if you get locked out of your account or if someone tries to you know, hijack your account, you go in and it's questions like, uh, what are some of them? What street did you grow up on? What street did you live on in third grade? Uh, your mother's maiden name, stuff like that, stuff that a stranger wouldn't know about you. Make sure you answer those questions honestly and, and accurately. That way, when it's time to answer those questions, you remember what those answers are. Um, and, and um, you know, there, there's always the option, too, if you feel like someone knows your passcode or if your passcode is easy to guess, you can always set a more complex passcode, right? You can actually set a password on your phone. I know. We're so used to um, typing in at four digits, you know, if your passcode is one, two, three, four, well, that's easy to guess, even if someone's across the room. But if you set that passcode to, you know, an actual password, and that'll be harder to guess for anyone, even if someone is viewing right over your shoulder. Right. So uh, and, and, and the, uh, the main thing they said, too, they mentioned, and, and this is absolutely true, was if you're using things like uh, Face ID or touch ID on some of the older devices, you know, that's hard for anyone to try to, um, you know, no one can duplicate your face that easy, even if they steal your phone. So, right. Uh, so the, those, those two are actual uh, added security features that are, that are good features, you know, built into the phone. Yeah, I've got family members, I think, that I don't even want to know what their passcodes are, or if they even have one, I don't ask. Yeah, because you know you just get to that point where they want to do it. But I think that's important. The biometrics—they're there for a reason, right? I mean, yeah. that would be my number one suggestion: is use the biometrics, use biometrics, use biometrics, use biometrics. And even on a lot of yeah. apps now, they've integrated that in so that, like your banking app, instead of having to put in your passcode on your banking app when you log into it on your phone, it's just using Face ID or Touch ID right to authenticate yeah. in so i recommend using the biometrics anywhere you can um, of course you got to do with your own specific situation but then don't reuse passwords right i mean don't set the pin to your debit card to be the same thing as your iphone code right i mean yeah. that's just a bad idea yeah. and so those were the other two that i have but then another one that's come out recently, so we'll dive into this feature a little bit more in detail later, and I'll put a link to an article that explains how to do this in the show notes, but in they've got another feature called screen time. Now, this was originally designed, right, so that parents could go in and say kids can only play games for so long, and the kids couldn't go in and access other features if they didn't want them to, and to restrict content and all of those kinds of things. But one of the things in screen time is allow account changes, including password changes. Because yep. one of the things that these people do, if they get your passcode and they get into your, iPhone, your Apple ID, for example, they'll go in and change the passcode and then you're locked out and you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you can do is you can go in and actually enable a screen time passcode, even if you don't want to manage your screen time or app restrictions or anything, and turn on the toggle that says allow account changes. 
and allow password changes. And if you put a passcode on and turn those two things on, then even if your phone was stolen, they could try and get in, but they couldn't change, make any changes without that additional passcode that you have. So don't yeah. set the passcode to be the same as your phone passcode, right? The whole point here. And I actually went in and did this. My son has this turned on on his phone, and he's uh, had screen time turned on forever. He actually told him he could remove it, and he said, no, I don't want to, just to manage some of his usage. But I didn't have this turned on, but I went in, and I figured, okay, you know what? I'm going to at least turn that part on and test this. The great thing about it is, because I know people worry about forgetting that second passcode, but if you forget your screen time passcode, you can actually go in and reset it using your Apple ID and yeah. passcode. So there's there's this additional, there's all of these additional layers in there that I think are great. So if this is something you want to do, like I said, we'll have the link. Uh, it's from Cult of Mac on how to add that additional password. It's just one more layer for folks to be able to get through. And, you know, similar to what we were talking about with insurance, if you just work from home, you probably don't need the extra security yeah. like this, right? But if you're constantly traveling and in and out of airports and you put your phone on the tray to go through security, all of those kinds of things. It just might be nice yep. to have that additional passcode on there. So, Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good idea. And then, Jason, let's say worst case scenario, somebody does steal your phone. What are, you've got some tips in here, what they should, some of the first things they should do. What are some of those? Yeah, and you know, so I, I struggle with this because uh, and again, it, it depends on, you know, how crucial that information on your device is, right? Because some, some devices, uh, you know, my first instinct would be contact the carrier and let's shut off the cellular service to that device, right? So to that, to that SIM card. And the reason why is because so many people use their phone number that's active on that device as their recovery method, right? right? So they can go to Instagram or Facebook and say, hey, I want to reset my password. And I'm talking to a bad actor here. Reset your password to something where they'll have access. And it'll say, okay, we'll text you that recovery code. Well, they have the phone, yeah. the phone number, access to the text and all that. So uh, the same with the banking apps. Um, uh, one of the banks that we use has our phone number as the recovery. One doesn't even allow phone numbers at all. So... The one that does, all they have to do is say, hey, I want to reset my password. Okay, we'll text you a code to your phone number. Well, if they have access to that phone, they have. So in situations like that, I think the first step that, that anyone should do in that situation is to disable service to that SIM card, right? But you run into the issue where if you reset or if you, if you disable service, then you eliminate the, uh, the, the chance, not completely, not 100%, but being able to manage that device through Find My Eye, right? And uh, that was my next, uh, my next tip was to be able to, you know, put the phone in lost mode or wipe the device remotely uh, or things like that. If you eliminate service, then you eliminate that ability. But, um, you know, it, it all depends on how crucial, the, you know, the info is on, on your device. Right. And, and, and it's a personal choice, too, whether you want to do that, right? Yeah. And, and there's always things, too, where the phone will connect to Wi-Fi or, you know, especially if they have access to unlock, unlock it, they're going to connect to the Wi-Fi. And then all of those commands will go through anyway. Right. All those commands will go through as soon as it's connected. Uh, so with Find My iPhone or, or Find My Eye or Find My App, <laughs> we, it, it's went through a few yep, name yep. changes. Right. 
but uh, now I believe it's just Find My because it covers all of your devices, all of your friends, families, things like that. So Find My and then whatever you're looking for. So if you're looking to see where your children are at the moment, you can find them too. If you lost your AirPod, you find all of those in the same app. So, uh, but from there you can, uh, so you can send a message to the device, right? And, and that way when the person's looking at it, your message flashes across the screen. If this phone is found, please contact this number, return it here. Hey, I'm still at this location. Please bring my phone to lost and found or something like that, right? So you can actually somewhat communicate with the person that's in possession of your phone. Uh, you can lock the device. Uh, you can wipe it remotely, wipe all your information off, and the phone will still be useless because they would need access to your email and um, they would need to, one, know your email and then your passcode to your account, right? Um, another thing would be to... Um, to reset your account uh, a password. And when I say account password, I mean like your iCloud account. This is, this is uh, the account that you use to install your profile on the, on the phone, right? So you can always reset that, that, uh, that password to immediately. I would say that would probably be the second thing that you should, you should do. And what that does is, even though they have possession of the, the uh, device, when they go to access information like that on your iCloud account, it'll prompt them for your password the new password, even on a device. So they'll still be able to open and close apps and things like that. But um, whenever they will try to retrieve some of that information, your personal information, it'll prompt them for the new password. So if you're successful in the changing that password in time, they won't have access to it. So, and, and, and uh, if push comes to shove and, and you're in an extreme situation where like Greg mentioned, you shared your, your password for your banking account and for your uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook and all that, which we don't recommend at all. Please use different passwords for all of those different things. I know it's a hassle sometimes and I complain about it myself, but if you have all of that and, and the person that, that, that has possession of your phone has access to those email accounts and things like that, then just take the time to immediately go in and reset all of that information. You know, everything that you still that you didn't get locked out of, reset that, that those passwords. Yeah, I think for me, it just depends on the situation, right? Did I lose it at an amusement park? If that's the case, I'm yeah. going to go to extreme measures real fast. I'm probably going to issue the wipe command, then turn off the cellular mm -hmm. service. And if I get the device back at that point, great. But at least then my data won't be any have any hope of compromise. Right. And yeah. if I lose it at the local diner here where I know the staff and they're the ones that are likely to pick it up, I might st try sticking it in lost mode or doing it. So yeah. I, I just think that like most of the other advice we're going to give on this podcast, it is situation determinant. Right. Or it depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you a whole bunch of options. This is what we did when we talked about insurance yeah, uh, in the uh, tech stacks or the tech kits post show. Right. Here are the different yeah. options. These are some of the scenarios and what we do in those scenarios, but you're just going to have to decide for yourself. So we'll give you a bunch of options and then you decide which one applies in that scenario, right? Yeah. All right, just a couple more quick things on current news. Apple, uh, in the latest version of the operating systems, they have started doing what they call security, rapid security updates. 
So um, mm-hmm. it used to be that you only got security updates when they released a, a new version of the operating system, whether it was a full release or a dot release or whatever the case may be. But I noticed this week there are a couple of security updates. So you need to go into your Apple devices and go into settings and general and software updates and check for software updates. And they're going to put in these really small security updates. These are not the kind of updates that are going to brick your phone. These are not the big giant updates. They're not new features and functionality, but they're plugging security holes. So you always want to do these. So um, I did it. Right. They're very small this time. It'll do the same thing. It's got to reboot your devices. But I think it's great that Apple's able to release these without having to do full operating system version releases, which means they can issue these much faster and stay on top of the security issues. So check for those. Right. Get them updated. And and if you're like me, you're you're like, oh, I don't have time for an update. It's the middle of the day. I, I'll set it to update tonight. No, this is one that you can do right in the middle of the day, right as your phone is sitting next to you on your desk or whatever. And um, I think this last one I did was like a minute. Yep. You know, it almost seemed like the phone just just reset really quick. And and uh, of course, you have to put your passcode and everything in, but um, it's not going to uh, disable your phone for a full three or four minutes or something like that. So it was really, really quick. Uh, whenever you see them, just just do them right as you see them. Yep. And remember, if you are the family IT person, tell yep. your family, friends, everybody else you support, because the last thing you want to do is have somebody's device get compromised because they didn't do an update. And that's actually something I do regularly. Like almost every time I go to my mom and my grandma's is check to see if they're on the latest version of the operating system because I, I need them to be on the latest and greatest. So. This is one you'll want to let them yeah. know, hey, there's these new updates. Please go in and do them. Right. It's, it's kind of your responsibility. You know, we, we take ownership of that. We, we enjoy that role. So it's, it's your responsibility to make sure everyone is safe and, and uh, secure on their devices. So do your job, man. So they also <laughs> issued uh, headphones firmware updates. So for all of the pods and all of the Beats all of those kinds of things got a okay. firmware update yesterday. So just mention it. We don't know what's in it. Apple never releases what's actually involved in these firmware updates. And you can't yeah, force them don't. yourself. So my message to everybody would be, if you hear, hey, there's a new version of the software for my AirPods, how do I get it? You don't force it. You just got to keep your phone and your AirPods connected to each other. And eventually over the next week or so, everybody will get this update. So um, we don't know what's in it. But that's how they do headphone updates. So just be aware of that one. Yeah. And then speaking of headphones, um, there's a new set of Beats Studio Buds, which is one of the kinds of headphones that my son has. But these are new Beats Studio Buds Plus that are coming out. And I'll put an article to 9to5Mac in the show notes on this one. But here's the updates on those. Actually got me pretty excited about this because there's some key things I want in my headphones. Number one, USB-C charging. So getting away from the lightning cable to charge the case which is great longer battery life than the other ones this one's 36 ish hours of battery life which i think is equivalent to the new airpods pro 2 everyone is raving about the transparent color so they've got a color option now that is kind of a translucent where you can see the innards of the case and the Mm -hmm. things themselves i don't think they're for me (laughs) but that's what got everybody super excited about this so my son's graduating 
from high school this month and so we might that might be his present as a new pair of headphones and we'll see if he wants that color he's got black and white currently and i mentioned this he has two pair but he wears the batteries down on these every day he has to recharge case yeah. and headphones for both sets every day so i don't know if he'll like the transparent color did you look at that what do you think of that color so I, one of my favorite things that, that tech companies do is make transparent versions, though, where you can see how that thing's working on the inside. Even though nothing's moving, nothing's turning, it's not <laughs> an old clock or a watch, you can't see anything moving. You just like to see it's there. You know, Make sure that they included all of the screws. Yep. <laughs> like we said, we used to take things apart. You know, Make sure they include all of those extra screws in there. So, yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm for it. So they're improving that rumor is they don't issue, they don't come out till for a couple of weeks, but the rumor is the noise canceling and the transparency is more on par with the AirPods Pro 2, which is great. Mm -hmm. Now here's what I get excited about because the Beats don't always have this, which is auto device switching, Hey Siri. So um, okay. all of those things that come along with Apple's special, they call that the H2 chip, I think is what they're on right now. So I didn't know all Beats didn't have the uh, auto switching and, and hey, you know, assistant. I think the, I, I, I thought all versions had. I don't that. know. So I know there was because the Beats Studio Buds came out and I elected to get the Beats Fit Pro versus the Beats mm -hmm. Fit Studio Buds. And I don't remember, but I'm excited that they're going to have this. So I could be totally wrong and they may yeah. have it, but um, they are using their own custom chip instead of the Apple one. But then. Here's the other thing, as I've talked about, you know, with these AirPods Max I'm using right now, how good the sound quality is. These new Beats will support spatial audio, which is yep. super important to me. I always look at tracks. I can tell which ones are doing lossless and spatial audio and which ones are not. So, um, yeah. But then they come out on May 18th, but they're only supposed to be 170 bucks. So, which is okay. about $100 cheaper almost $100 cheaper than the AirPods Pro 2. And these yeah. will just be the buds that go in. They won't have the fins or any of that kind of stuff. So we'll see what they when they come up for pre-order, see what they're like. And this may be on my list because, you know, I said that my AirPods Pro are aging right now. So this may be yeah. my next pair yeah. instead of, and I'm having problems getting the my Beats Fit Pros to fit well in my ear. So this may be my next purchase. So we'll see. So, and real quick before we move on, you know, we, we talked about, you know, features that people don't take advantage of that are really awesome. And I think spatial audio is one of those things where, like, people say, oh, I have a phone, it makes calls, but it does much more. So, if you, hadn't, if you have a pair of AirPods uh, uh, Pros and you hadn't played around with that feature, I would say check it out. It is really, um, it, it really makes... You know, if if you're just listening to the uh, audio quality and things like that, you're already getting good value out of it. But that's one feature that just adds to the value of those things. And and uh, yeah, so spatial audio, look into that. Um, uh, I, I think you will be pleasantly surprised that, you know, you didn't realize that that was something your AirPods could do. And I put it on our topic list because we could go in and talk about customized spatial audio, the whole thing where you can take a picture of your ear and it maps your ear. Yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. So I stuck it on our topics list. We'll see when we can get to that one. Okay, sounds good. All right, Jason, you get to do a Mina Koopa follow-up from our show yesterday, which has all been released on the same day. Again, time is irrelevant. So 
Talk to me about yeah. cruise ship corner and the correction you need to make there. Yeah, so I kept calling it an Echo Show 10, which is an actual device, but it is a lot smaller. So, um, and people use them for digital picture frames too, but that's more of a version that sits on a desk, not the, uh, the wall-mounted version of it. So the wall-mounted version is the version that we have, and it's the Echo Show 15. So a lot more screen real estate. Uh, uh, you know, not a high quality LCD panel in it, but it looks looks really good. And like I say, I find myself and the kids just walking through the living room and someone's always just standing there reminiscing about uh, old trips and stuff like that. So it's actually the Echo Show 15 if you guys want to look into uh, what device I'm, I'm talking about. If you're interested, that's in our Tech Kicks episode, um, also released at the same time as this one. It's actually not called Text Kits. Uh, we had to come up with a much cooler name than that. So it's Cruise Ship Corner and our tech, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think that's what it'll be called in your podcast player. Yeah. But he talks about Cruise Ship Corner at about an hour and 13 minutes into the show. So you can go in and hear that. So, Yeah. All right, let's take a break for just a minute. And we'd love for you to share this podcast out with others. If you're listening on a mobile device in a podcast player, look for the share button. It's usually a square with an arrow pointing out of it. Hit that and use text or email to send it off to someone in your circle that can benefit. Maybe some of those quote-unquote clients of yours that you're doing their tech support. Um, but we'd also love to get feedback on the show, questions, suggestions for topics. And we'll give you credit in the show if you send something in that we end up using. And you can submit that feedback by, by emailing g the number 4 f at mountnebelconsulting.com. Or by going to www.mountnebelconsulting.com slash G4F feedback. Links are in the show notes. You can get to all of that kind of stuff at the website, www.mountnebelconsulting.com. Again, that's my personal business. And it's M-T-N-E-B-O-consulting.com. And I just realized how poorly I have uh, spelled that uh, URL in our uh <laughs> working document here so we'll have to get that oh fixed. yeah I but, see uh, but yeah so give us some feedback we'd love to answer questions uh things like how long you think the show should be is it too long um all of that kind of stuff so uh, we're still trying to figure all of that out and we want to do what will make the most sense and help you guys get the most out of your tech so yeah yeah and we're still we're, we're just getting started so um you know at this point uh, uh at our and you know, our journey, those opinions matter more. So you're, you're, if you get those uh, recommendations in or your opinions in, they'll, they, they matter more at this point. Not that you won't matter a year from now, but, you know, you, you're, you're, uh, your opinion will weigh more heavily on us now. So. Cool. All right, let's dive into, our, we'll do our main topic now, which is what do we want to get out of WWDC? And then we'll do a deep dive segment on the remote stuff. But Jason, I think we should round robin this. So you cover one or two, and then I'll cover one or two. My first one's a pretty big one. So maybe you cover two, and then I'll dive in on my one because it's a little bit larger. Um, and we'll just go back and forth and get through a bunch of these things. Okay, okay. So what what I want to see out of, out of uh, WWDC this year. Well, I know for a fact what I don't want to see is a new iPad, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I upgraded to um, the, uh, the latest version of the iPad after all of these years, and uh, I want to enjoy it for a year or so before the, uh, before the new version, before I'm outdated already. So, And I upgraded from a uh, third-generation uh, 
no second generation pro the one no it was the third generation when they when they made the uh the screen bigger yeah so it was the third generation and pro, they're so. on this 12.9 is the sixth gen so yeah it's been a yeah. while so I, it, was, I, it was a few years i'm sitting here thinking in my head jason told me the other day he's finally on all current versions of his main apple gadgets and yeah probably at double wdc we won't see new hardware but definitely in the fall we're going to see new hardware and we're going to see if in the intervening six months if jason can live not being on the most current device and yeah. <laughs> or whether he's going to have to to upgrade as well so yeah yeah so i'll i'll, I'll stick with it though but the main thing is uh, uh another thing that i want to see especially with the uh the podcasting and stuff we're, we're going to do is um external support for for more devices like cameras more powerful devices i should say because we know the uh the, the ipad pro has support for external devices you can hook keyboards to it you can hook a hub to it and hook multiple devices the mic my blue yeti mic that i'm recording on is actually recording to the uh, ipad to a hub it's powering the screen uh, I'm charging at the same time. So it has support for external devices. What I want to see is more external devices, like I said, like a camera or um, um, maybe multiple screens. I wouldn't mind having, you know, adding another monitor so I have more screen real estate. We talked about in the Tech Kit episode, your port portable monitor. And I'm uh, really on the fence thinking about getting one of those things. Um, so if I, I can add multiple monitors, that may be another uh, huge benefit. So. I'm hoping they um they really I uh, I added down the way to uh to unlock or unleash the M2 chip and I really want to see them them you know really turn this thing loose and just uh uh let's see what it can really do you know it's just as powerful as some of your more higher end laptops but we're still limited by what we can do at the current you know at this current point in time so yeah yeah I want to see support for more powerful external devices Cover uh cover your next one. Cover stage manager too, because I actually sent you a link this morning to an article that's the rumors about what's coming in iPad OS 17, and most of it focuses on stage manager. So cover that one next. Okay, you sent that this morning. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see that one, but uh, I'll take a look. Hopefully, some of some of the things I want are, are you know some of the things that are rumor. But so stage manager is great, and just briefly, what stage manager is, it's the uh, the multitasking feature in uh ipad os right so what it does is uh most ipads have a multitasking feature where it can put two screens side by side so you can run two apps together uh you can resize them you can have one that's like an I iphone screen size and then have the uh the rest of the re screen real estate be an ipad app well stage manager allows you to resize those windows so you can run up to uh, four apps at a time um, you can have one, just a little box. You can have one along, you know, a vertical rectangle. You can have one like a perfect square and, uh, you can switch back and forth all on the same screen by just tapping and going in between these apps. Well, uh, stage manager is great when you're just working on just the iPad, but when you do things where you add an external monitor, um, you're having to one by one send those apps to the monitor, right? Mm. And this is not this is not a huge you know hassle this is not something that's just ruining my life or making my job so unproductive or whatever it's still a really good feature i'm not complaining about it but if you do something like you have your four screens open 
and um, you're switching it in between them and then you can have, you know, three or four open on the iPad. Well, if you accidentally hit the dock or you hit, let's say Safari, you have it open on your monitor. It snaps all of those apps back over to the iPad and then you have to add those back to the monitor one by one. Right. And it's it's such an unApple like thing to have to do. You would think there would be a quicker and easy way to to manage those screens. Now, you can have the screen set so you can have four apps set up for for one task. Then you can switch between that and another four apps. But if one of those uh, one of those tabs gets sent back to the screen, you have to add those back one by one. And right. that's, that seems kind of a kind of a real hassle. So I want to see some improvements with that. I don't have the answer. For what I want, you know, a lot of times we don't know what we want until, you know, these companies release a really cool feature and you say, hey, I didn't I didn't know that I wanted that. So. Um, but I do, I do want to see some improvements with that. So let me cover my big one and then we'll come back to your smaller ones. But um, okay. my big one, similar to you, I don't want to have to buy a new watch this year. Now, I don't think they're going to update the Ultra. It kind of sounds like from all the rumors that from a hardware perspective that the Ultra is going to stick around at least for this year. Um, mm -hmm. So, but what I would like if they do by chance release a new hardware version of the Ultra, I would like enough software to change on the Apple Watch that my watch feels new so that I'm not tempted yeah. to buy the <laughs> Apple Watch again. Otherwise, if the hardware is significant enough, I'm afraid I might go on year four with an iPhone. Right, because then I'll have yeah. to decide between the watch and the iPhone. And as I mentioned in the tech kits, my Apple Watch is my favorite device. But here, here are a couple of things that I like. So I'm a bandaholic. I have tons of bands for my Apple Watch. I know you won't be able to see on the podcast, but I actually have, when the Olympics came out, they um, issued a country-specific version of Apple Watch bands. And I bought the U.S. one, and I'm wearing the Brazilian those. one today because I'm wearing a Brazilian shirt. So. But I'd like my watch faces to be able to change a bit easier based on either the band I put on or give me an easier way to do it. I mean, right now you have to tap on it, then you have to go into edit, then you have to scroll and find the color you want. You can do it with shortcuts, but that means you have to have versions of the same watch face with different colors. So it's not actually changing the color on the face. It's changing the whole watch face. So I like an easier way to do some of the customizations kind of real time on the Apple watch faces. And maybe I'm unique in doing that, but I know other people that have tons of bands um, and like to color match some of that kind of stuff. So uh, there's a rumor out there that we're going to get widgets that comes from Mark Gurman at Bloomberg and that we're going to get widgets. It used to have glances on the watch, but this is, says you're going to have little widgets that are going to be able to display information from apps. And if I think about how I use my watch, it's mostly about gathering information. I mean, there are very few apps that mm -hmm. I go in and use the app functionality itself, right? So I'm all in on the, the widgets and a better way to access the apps, that honeycomb or the list. My wife uses the list. I use the honeycomb. It's just your hunting, pecking, or scrolling down through an alphabetical list to find the app that you want. So, you know, updates to the the um the way the watch kind of functions from a ui perspective or high on my list to do i want it to sync with more than my phone i know you want this one too right i mean yep. i i mean <laughs> yeah, i love my iphone it's not i mean mine's getting a little old i love it but and i don't think i'd ever be able to be completely without a phone 
But man, it'd sure be nice to be able to have my watch be way more independent, but still sync back. I don't understand why it has to sync with the device at all, right? Why it can't just sync straight to iCloud, which is where all of the data gets stored. Anyway, maybe that's yeah. a long-term, long-term kind of thing for them. But I want that. You know this for me. I actually store my music and podcasts and stuff on my watch because I'm using it when I'm out and about. But I can't use all yeah. the memory. I get so frustrated that I have like eight gigabytes of storage space left on my watch and it tells me, nope, you've used all the space that we will allow you to use for media. Come on, really? Yeah. I mean, let me use it all. It's my choice. Do like you do on the iPhone, which is let me turn on a setting that says offload media if I run out of memory, right? But yeah, they haven't done that. And I don't they, understand the idea behind that. I, I don't either. And I was super excited because when the Ultra came out, I think it's got like 32 gigs worth of RAM instead of the 16 we used to have. And I thought, well, maybe I'll be able to use 24 gigs for media. No, no. I could get like four playlists or so on my device. Yeah. And that's about <laughs> it. So I want them to unlock that. So, you know, yeah, and then same here. along with that, better media playback. I don't like how hard it is sometimes to get the media to sync. And my podcast, sometimes I use Overcast and Marco's done a great job with that. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to get the podcasts from the system onto the watch and get them synced up. And mm -hmm. that media playback, I know that he has to jump through a lot of hoops to get that done. I just like would like better media playback because I put in my great AirPods or my Beats or whatever, or even these AirPods Max, and I want to play the media straight from my watch. So, yeah, that's my big one. All things Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah. So and the same here, and to, to add to that, I think, um, you know, being able to, uh, I agree, you shouldn't need a device to manage the watch anyway. But if we are, um, I would like to see an iPad app, you know, watch app, or, or, you know, some settings or something to where we can manage the device no matter what screen you're in front of, right? Yeah. If you're on your, if you're on your, your MacBook and you want to just change your, a widget or something on the uh, on the watch you know you can do it from the macbook i can do it from my ipad you can do it from your phone and also i hadn't had a chance to look into uh, you mentioned it uh being able to add a second watch to um set it up for someone else on your device i was going to do that for my daughter uh but just something like that for whatever screen you have yeah. in front of you at the time so i i do want to see some of that you some of that freedom related to that i also want to see the health app come to the ipad Right, because yes, my bigger screen to be able to go in and look at my trends, it's fine. I can look at them on my phone, but it'd be nice. I actually use my iPad more than my phone, so it'd be nice to be mm -hmm. able to look at some of that stuff on the bigger screen. So I'd really like to be able to do that. I don't think that's dependent on watch connectivity. I think it's just more of porting the health app over. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to be able to do that and, and allow my allow my iPad to do more of my phone functions, allow my watch to do more of my phone functions. And then I know part, maybe part of Apple's question is, well, then what are you going to use the iPhone for? Do you really need an iPhone? Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, still it has the camera. Nothing else has the camera to equal that. So I, I would still be getting yeah. a phone because I would want the camera. But um, yeah, that's, I, the, more, the more I can use my other devices besides my phone, the the more comfortable I get personally. Yeah, yeah. So and and you know one of the things too I I, I want to see is just 
you know, the regular improvements to iOS, you know, I want to see what cool features they're going to have come out to iOS and watchOS and tvOS and, and, um, you know, so I still want my, my, my regular updates yep. to everything, but I, I did notice both of ours were kind of heavily focused on our favorite devices. Yeah. You know, yours were more features to the watch. Mine was more features to iPad OS. So, but yeah, fingers crossed. I'm going to look at that, that, uh, that link you sent this morning. Um, I, I am curious to see what, what changes are coming to stage manager. Yeah. And you know, I like you, I want them to unlock the iPad hardware, you know, give that, give us some software, give us things like final cut pro, for example, on the iPad yeah. or yeah. allow us podcasting is a big deal. Allow us to do all of this multitasking we can do on the Mac, you know, allow us to do that kind of stuff on the iPad. They're putting the same processor <laughs> in their MacBook yeah. Pros and the iPad Pro. So unlock it and let us use it. Yeah. Yeah. Let us do more. Yep. Now, the last one I have on my list, and this leads into tons of rumors. There's been speculation on this for years, and they've had this in development. But this is their new AR, VR headset. And um, yes. so I don't, we'll dive into this after it comes out. If you want to do the rumors on that, that's like a whole show in and of itself. And we probably won't get to yeah. that before WWDC. But the one thing I would love for it to do, especially when I think about being mobile, is I would love for that headset to be able to replace my monitors, right? And yes. you and I have talked about one lower end kind of one that's out there and a bunch of ads and stuff. And I'm sure it's not as good as they think it is. But if I could have an 85-inch monitor in front of my eyes because I'm using that headset and put my various windows and everything everywhere... That's a lot less hardware for me to haul around when I'm camping. Um, in theory, mm -hmm. I could do that when I'm sitting outside at a camp table and not move stuff from inside the trailer to outside. You know, So when I think about the headset, that's probably my number one feature. And then my number two feature is related to that, which you and I have talked about. It's I'd like to be able to do this that we're doing right now yes. in the headset. I think it'll be really cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 in the one we were looking at, you know, um, I, I I agree. It it probably doesn't work half as good as they say. Uh, it, it is still kind of really early, even for Apple. You know, they're gonna release it. Well, we're sure it's gonna be crazy expensive. The kind of, you know, you kind of price out the casual, you know, tech geek. You know, just wait till it's ready. These are people who are gonna be developing apps. They have a specific use for it. They want to prove their 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 use case for it. Um, Let's let them get a hold of it for a year or so. Generation two would be an amazing price cut, added features, things like that, and that'll be more of a general release. So, or I could be wrong. This may be, you know, everything that we we want it to be, and and ready to go for the masses. I mean, they did that with you the know, iPad, just, right? I mean, the first iPad came out and it was five hundred dollars or whatever it was, and everybody was expecting it mm -hmm. to be fifteen hundred bucks. The rumors are a little more settled on this yeah. one, I feel like. So I don't think it's gonna be cheap. Um you and I will have to talk, not that we want to give away any surprises here, but you and I are gonna have to talk about what we want to do with that headset. If it's three thousand yeah. dollars like they're saying, that's a pretty significant investment. I could buy my new iPad, my new Apple Watch and my new uh iPhone for about the same amount yeah. of, of money. So we're going to have to talk about what we might do with that here or how we handle that. But I'm, I'm really curious. This is their first kind of foray into a brand new product since the Apple watch. Um, mm -hmm. 
So we'll see. We'll come back on that. We'll do our hot takes after, yeah. right after, and then some more deep dives after that. All right. Anything else on WWDC, Jason? No, no, I, I think that was it. You know, just, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we want the things that we don't know we want, right? So yeah, <laughs> anything that they announce, this, that's cool. We're going to be on top of it, and, and uh, um, we'll, we'll let you know, what, you know what we think. Jason, I think that uh, wraps us up for today. We have a few things for the post-show, so I'd say stick around for that post-show. And if you'd like us to cover something in more depth, let us know. Um, if the episodes are too long, again, let us know. You can do that by emailing g4f at mountainebooconsulting.com or the feedback form. So um, we're definitely open. Um, trust us, this is short compared to what we could go. We could go yeah. on and on and on and on. So, Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, don't forget to subscribe or follow the show and share it with others. There should be a couple of other episodes available right now in your podcast player, and we hope you'll check those out as well if you haven't done that already. Follow Gadgets for Families, GDGTS, the number four, FMLS, on Twitter or Instagram. For future episodes, we'll drop announcements there, maybe some tips, share what we're doing, uh, maybe some pictures of some of these setups we've been talking about. So don't forget to do that, and please share the show out with anyone that you think would be interested in it. So I think that's it, and I'm Jason, did you get a cool closing yet? Nope, nope. Again, we're just going to have to end with our cool podcast closing. All right. That's it. Have a great day, everyone. This is our geeky segment, the deep dive, whatever we end up calling it. If you have a good name for it, send us the feedback for what we should call this segment. But let's talk about mobility and the idea, you know, ideas that we have for being able to get out of your office with summer coming up and, you know, me camping, Jason wanting to be mobile, and um, let's dive into some of the things that we need to think about there. I haven't really thought about how should we approach this, but uh, maybe we'll just go down this list and kind of go back and forth on the different items. Chargers, I have that one listed, and you also have multiple cable types and AC adapters in your to-go kit. Do you want to start off? Talk to us about chargers and what kinds of things you should consider when you're when you're going to be outside of your home office or your, you know, corporate office. Right, right. So uh, th the first thing is uh, have a charger for everything, you know, um, and, and multiple ones. So, uh, for example, when, when we go uh, on cruises or trips or whatever, I have multiple lightning cables, right? I, um, I, I, no less than two, right? Because we can all share. At, and charge at different times, but no less than two lightning chargers. Uh, I always just, and maybe this is the, uh, the tech geek in me, but I, I carry chargers for devices that I may not have or I may not realize that I have. So I'll have a micro USB, uh, USB-C cable. Um, of course, the lightning cables. I take a couple of watch chargers because that's a different uh, a charger for. And um, I have a, a portable... Uh, it's not a hub. It's not a USB hub. It's, it's definitely a charger, but it has multiple ports on it, right? So it has two USB C's. It has three USB A's. It has one USB three, the, uh, the, um, the, uh, the fast charger or whatever. So make sure that you have chargers. If, if, 
if you don't think you need it, you, you never know. You may be out and decide to buy a Bluetooth speaker while you're out or something and, and you need a longer charger or something for it. You just never know. You, you break or lose a device. Um, you have to take your keyboard to type. You know, you don't realize it, but that needs to be charged too. You don't want to get started and, and it dies on you and uh, you forgot your USB, uh, your micro USB or your USB-C because they all use those type of, yeah. those type of chargers. So take all of the chargers. Yep. I've got a four port. I think they're all USB-A's, but I bought some little adapters off of Amazon that are USB-C to USB-A so I can use it. It's yeah. got four of those and it's a single plug and two of them are, are optimized charging. So I take that with me in my bag and I've got all the cables. I got a little cable organizer that rolls up. So if I put all the cables in it, like I'm supposed to, it's in there nice and neat. It's also got all of my adapters for like HDMI, VGA. Some of this was back when I was traveling for corporate work, right? But I use yeah. it at church. I mean, I walk into church and somebody's like, I can't find the church's HDMI to lightning adapter and it's in my backpack. So, <laughs> And you're like, I have it right here. Yep. And that, that's another reason too why I say take charges that you don't know that you need because I, I'm always that guy too. Like, hey, do you have, I have my Android phone. Can you? I have it right here. Yep. It's right here in my bag, you know. So even if you don't want to be that guy, just keep it for yourself, you know. If you don't, if, if you're not the type that, like, I want to make sure everyone's prepared, so I'll have this this cable, you know. Keep it for yourself. Just have all the chargers. And I know we're probably going to get the question, you know, what about those chargers that are like USB A on, on one end, and then like on the other end, it has three different chargers. I have never seen one of those that work. Yeah. You know, maybe Belkin or, or Anchor or someone makes a version of that. I hadn't looked it up, but all of those ones you see on Amazon, um, steer clear of those. Yeah. There, there's a reason why it's $7. Yeah, they fail. <laughs> there, there's, they fail. They do. They do. Yep. So those, those multi-cables multi on, on one single cable or one single charger, yeah, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying have a separate charger for, for each, uh, each port that you can think of. Yeah, I know in my trailer we have chargers. The trailer has USB plugs itself. So I've got cables okay. and or chargers for all of our devices that stay in the trailer. Right. So yeah. I don't have to worry about when we go on a trip that, and again, I'm spending weeks at a time in this thing. So I don't have to worry about did I bring them? I take my backpack, but usually I don't have to pull that stuff out of it because it's yeah. all already sitting in there. And that's for me and my wife and then stuff for the kids' iPads and things like that. The other kind of... And, and Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm saying you, you're making a good point because, like I say, we have our charging stations like by the beds and, 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 and work, uh, uh, our work areas. I hate to pull those chargers out because you always forget to put them back yep. and things like that. So maybe have a kit. If it's within your, you know, your, your, your means to, to buy extra chargers and stuff, have a kit, a kit with travel chargers in them, yep. right? That way those always stay together and you can just grab the bag, right? Because this is the point like that, you know, they say when, you know, your wife is so many weeks pregnant, you got to have that bag yep. packed and ready to go. That's right. You know, whenever you have to drop everything and go to the hospital, this is kind of that sense, you know, have a travel tech kit that just, you can just grab it and you don't get halfway down the road and, and go back and like, oh, I forgot my watch charger. You already have one in that kit. Yeah. Well, the other thing with the trailer, and I'll have to talk about this at some point on a podcast, I don't know which one, but our trailer is part of our emergency preparedness plan. If we ever had somebody come to us okay. and say, you need to evacuate in an hour, you have one hour to be out of here. Yep. We load up the trailer and go. And so that's one less thing 
that I have to worry about throwing in the trailer or all of those chargers and stuff. I can just grab the devices and throw them in there, fill up the water tank so we've got water wherever we go and load the food and okay. we're out of there in an hour. So I agree on that. The other thing that you should have in that go bag are actual battery packs too. So um, yeah. you can get them. I mean, every time I used to go to a conference, you'd get those little super small ones, but they've gotten cheap enough now. I would recommend if you're going to have a go bag that you get one that can power a couple of devices at least. And um, I've got one that I've had since I was Scoutmaster in Houston, which was a decade or more ago. It's actually got solar on one side, so you could actually sit it out in the sun, and it'll mm -hmm. slow, but it'll charge. And <laughs> I remember when I first bought that, it's got two USB ports, and it charges via, via micro USB cable, but, um, and it takes a while to charge. But back then, the batteries and the phones were small enough. I took it to Scout Camp and charged mm -hmm. my iPhone for an entire week. And it didn't okay. drain the battery in that thing. Now, the batteries in phones are much bigger nowadays, so it's not going to do that. But yes. my son went on a soccer game a couple of weeks ago, and it was about a three- or four-hour drive on the bus to get to the soccer game, and then, of course, the game, and then come back. And so, yeah, he just grabbed that charger and took it. And by the time he came back, he had never run out of, get, out of juice, and I still had three or four bars on the charge level. So I'd recommend finding a few okay. of those. I will say that with all of this stuff, with the cables, with the wall plugs, with the battery packs, don't get the $2 stuff. And like the yeah. stuff you find in the gas don't. stations, those are, those are fine in a pinch, but replace them as soon as you can. Get Anchor, Belkin, you know, some of the, the names that actually make good quality stuff. And they have stuff that's cheap. Right, they you don't have to buy their most expensive mm -hmm. stuff, but don't just buy the cheap stuff because it's it's either going to do damage or it's going to wear out quickly, and you won't be able to rely on it. Yeah, yeah. So, and a lot of people because I'm I'm on a cheaper side too when it comes to accessories and things like that. And uh, the more you pay, the longer it lasts. You know, and that's sort of a general rule. You know, yeah. if you pay seven bucks for uh, uh you know a gas station charger, you're going to get one or two uses out of it, and it's going to it's going to either damage the device or damage itself or burn out or something like that. So, yeah, definitely, you know, don't necessarily have to go with the most expensive. They make more cost-effective ones, but yeah. there's a reason why these companies, uh, the price is so much more than yeah. just your, your Amazon, you know, deal of the day. Uh, the next one on the list is hotspots and tethering. So um, a lot of phone plans nowadays come with the ability to tether and you get like five gigabytes worth of data for free or sl mm -hmm. or high speed data. And then everything slows down after that. And I know at least for my personal plan, I'm on a plan that allows me to get like 50 gigabytes of high speed tethering. And then it slows down after that. Okay. Um, but what I'd like to talk about here, cause there's so many options depending on the carrier or whatever. I think the bigger thing for me is knowing when tethering is going to be effective versus mm -hmm. when you probably want a dedicated hotspot. And so tethering for me is fine if I've got good cell phone signal, which I do in most of the places that we camp right now, um, where I've yeah. got good cell phone signal. And if I'm only worried about tethering one device at a time to it, right? So even my MacBook, I don't know that I'd want to be doing massive uploads or downloads 
tethered to my iPhone, but mm-hmm. I can do Zoom calls. I can do, you know, check the internet. I can make sure my files are uploaded and that kind of stuff. But, um, but again, that's only for a single device. Anytime I start adding, like, you know, if I think about sometimes when I've camped, I want my Switch connected to the internet. I want my iPad mm-hmm. connected to the internet and my MacBook, and maybe all at the same time. And tethering just doesn't seem to do well maybe if you've got 5g ultra wideband and can tether at those speeds it might be a little better yeah but that's not in most spots and so that's kind of when i draw the line and say okay if i'm if i'm gonna be out for a day or two not a big deal trying to do all of that but if i'm gonna be out for a week or 10 days and not be around wi-fi and i actually don't even most campgrounds we stay in have wi-fi and i don't use it because i'm just not i'd have to get a vpn client before i wanted to do my work on those but if I do that, then I want to go back to a hotspot. And honestly, a 4G LTE hotspot has been just fine. I know they offer 5G and 5G ultra wideband versions of the hotspots now, but I had for two or three years when we camped, I just had a 4G LTE Verizon hotspot. And I would have, you know, anywhere from four to eight devices when it was mine and my wife's and the kids all connected to that hotspot at the same time. And unless we were all trying to stream video at the exact same time, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. So that's okay. That's so it worked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my recommendation for that. Now I'll get into this later when we, if we really decide to stay in our RV, which is kind of the plan right now, like if we're going to be in it for six months or something like that, then I'm going to go look for uh, a much more, robust solution than just a little puck yeah puck kind of stuff but um yeah if you're looking to get out if you've got tethering on your phone use that first if you're not going to be doing massive data transfer kind of stuff it might be sufficient mm-hmm. and then the second piece would be to go get a hotspot. and i will tell you like with verizon with the plan i'm on i get half off of a device or a hotspot plan because of the plan that i'm on and so you can get you know, your hotspot and you can get a plan for 20, 25 bucks a month. And usually there's no contract on them. You might have to buy the, the hotspot outright, but you know, you could do something like that and it's not adding a whole bunch onto, onto the price of your cell phone bill. But if you're going to be out and about the whole summer, I'd probably go with something like a hotspot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, you know, part of it too is how much are you going to be working? Right. You know, you may, you know, I think about while you were talking, I was thinking about the um, the Hertz commercial with Tom Brady. Yeah. And the the lady, she's on her phone and she's like, you can contact me all week. I'll I'll have my phone with me. And Tom Brady takes the phone from her. It's like, hey, go enjoy your vacation. So it depends on on what you're doing. Right. If this is a family trip or a family vacation or something, it may be a good idea to limit yourself and to limit your uh, your connectivity. Right. You know, you have data coming to your phone already. You know, rather than being able to to give yourself the option to pull out your MacBook or to pull out your iPad or whatever, just go with just that. That way you're you're limiting yourself to where you can just I'm just gonna reply to this email, send this out, send this uh uh this message to the person that needs it, and then I'm gonna check out and enjoy the rest of my trip. Well, you know, if you're going somewhere, if you're saying, hey, this is going to be a working vacation or something and I need to have access to my MacBook, I need to have access to, to whatever other device that you have, then then, yeah, you should consider going with one of those hotspots yeah. or something. So, 
It depends on how much you need to work. Yeah, I've got three trips booked. So one at the beginning of June, one that goes from the end of June through the 4th of July, and then our anniversary in August. And those last two are eight to 10 days each. The first one's five nights. And um, I don't know if I'm going to turn the hotspot on for that first trip, but definitely for the second two, because they're not designed to just be pure vacations, right? They're designed for me to be working probably half the time and vacation the other half. We'll see about that first one. It depends on what you and I need to do from a recording standpoint and some of those kinds of things, whether I want to turn it on for that week or not. But I agree with you. If you're going on vacation, try and do your best to limit this. If you're going to work, which is kind of what the premise of this subject was, right? If you want to be able to work somewhere else, then figure out just how much you need. Right? Do you need the hotspot so you can have all of your yeah. devices and do a lot of data transfer? Or do you just want to tether so you can answer email, but you're working on spreadsheets and writing papers or you know, those kinds of things that you can do offline and then upload later? Yeah. I know the other okay. thing that I would consider is your portable office setup, and we'll have to figure out how to get some pictures posted. I've sent you a picture the other day. I was working out on my back porch, right? This isn't just about going far, but even just being able to move around. So the other day I go out to my back porch, and I decided I wanted to test my mobile desk setup that I'll use in the camp trailer or when I'm camping. And so I have um, I bought two portable desks, and I really bought – Bought the first one and it wasn't quite as stable as I wanted. So then I bought the second one, which is much more stable. But then what I realized is, hey, these are both kind of, they're sort of like tripods. Um, They're really designed to put projectors on is what they're really for. Yeah. But I'm able to put my laptop on one about lap level so I can type. I'm able to put my uh, my portable 4K monitor on the second one Mm -hmm. up a little bit higher. And then I have an actual tripod stand with a little um, a clamp kind of thing that I can put my iPad. And so I'm sitting out on my back porch and I've got multiple yep. monitors essentially going, plus I can answer my phone and I've got a little handle that's holding my phone and the iPad and I'm able to work and sitting out on the back porch while the grandkids play. And so there are tons of those solutions. And if any of you out there are interested in exactly what I'm talking about, let us know and we can get you some links to some things to consider. But think about portable desks. They have them. Think about yep. uh, uh, projector stands, which is what I found most recently because they have a smaller footprint. Think about tripods. And then think about mm-hmm. monitor and tablet and phone stands. I've got a couple of them. One that will hold my 4K monitor. My 4K monitor sitting in it right now. And one that holds my phone or my tablet, which is sitting in it right now. And all of this, those things go in my backpack. And then those two portable desks slash tripods, they go in a bag that I have too. I got to figure out a little better on that solution. But they all just go so I can drop that stuff in my trailer, take it. That takes me five minutes to set it up and another five minutes to tear it down. But I could go sit out on the back porch and work in this amazing weather that we're having right now. Right, right. When you sent me that picture, I, I immediately in my head that the the, uh, the kids of uh, this younger generation has it saying that they just say goals. You know, whenever they see something, and when I saw that, I'm like goals. That is that is definitely what I'm working towards. I, I thought that was really cool, being able to just 
just pick up and move like that. And, and it's kind of the same with me, you know, my, my, I actually don't have a, a portable desk. I went to, uh, and, and we'll figure out where we're going to send this so you guys can see it. But I have a, um, a sawhorse, you know, just like you get from your hardware store. Um, I have a few, uh, monitor stands and everything is kind of, uh, uh, you know, on those visa mounts for the, uh, uh, for the monitors and things like that. Uh, I'm still trying to work out where to put my keyboard because it's just kind of sitting there and I kind of put it in my lap and type and things like that. But yeah, you know, depending on where you're going, uh, where you're going and, and how much space you're going to have should, um, help you determine what size, what size portable workstation you're going to have, whether, uh, you want like a rolling desk or, or, or moving desk or something that folds real compact where you can just throw it against the wall or in a corner or something like that, you know? So, uh, definitely a portable setup or workstation is, is, uh, another important, uh, aspect of, of working on the go. One thing we didn't mention too was, uh, I bought this for my wife, uh, a couple of, uh, Christmases ago. Uh, one of those desks that you can work in the bed, you know, you kind of, you can lean against the wall and put it over your lap and, you know, it has a flat surface for your laptop and it has a phone mount and things like that. This one even has a USB uh, a charger where she can plug in, you know, devices, a light or something like that. And she can work. So those are not just for the bed. You know, you can use those on the sofa or, you know, if you're in a hotel room, uh, which doesn't have a desk. Most have desks. But uh, if you're in one, that doesn't have one. Um, you know, you can put it on a, on an ottoman or, or a side table or something like that and, and have a nice working, you know, workstation there, too. So those are another good option. I think my last piece of advice on, on you know, what I'm doing is don't just think of this for travel. If you're working from home, yeah. which a lot more people are nowadays, if you're working from home, the lines between work and uh, personal gets so blurred and it's hard to do. And I know a lot of people want to have an office where they can close the door when they're done and all that kind of stuff. And I absolutely do that when I'm done, my computer stays in, you know, in my office, but why would you not want to find a way to go sit out on the back porch, right? Or on the balcony and, um, be able to work. And if you have a laptop and you just want to put it in your lap, great but if you want a little more than that then there are some pretty inexpensive options and i think my whole setup both portable desks and the stands and stuff were probably maybe 125 dollars so yeah yeah jason you've got a couple other things that was my list you've got a couple other things on here you want to talk us through those yeah, so so one of the things too we don't we don't realize that we need is um you know things like screen wipes and cleaning supplies and and things like that. You know, if you're traveling with uh with with keyboards or or screens or things like that, and you know, you have your cup of coffee, you know, there's it, always that chance of just everything getting splashed with some with some sticky coffee or you know, um if you're if you're out um, you know, depending on the environment or, or whatever, it's always good to have some screen screen wipes or some uh, some uh, what do they call those? Those static free rags to to just wipe down or sanitize your 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 surfaces. Uh, also, too, if you're working in things like restaurants and and stuff like that, you know, it's just always a good idea to just have some kind of wipes or or cleaning supplies or something with you. You know, not anything huge. You don't have to take a big janitorial 
you know, tool basket <laughs> or, or something with you with Fantastic and, and Lysol and all of that with you. But just a pack of, you know, uh, they make some specifically for wiping down monitors or wiping keyboards and things like that. Um, it's always a good idea to keep in your in your travel pack. Also, um, in the uh, Tech Hit episode, I mentioned that Greg was one of the only people I know that uh, he's not the only one. There's there's a few other people, but uh, definitely the most uh, uh, you're the most extreme with it is that you have uh, protection or cases for your watch, your 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 uh, your MacBook, your phone depending on what environment you're going in, right? So you actually take the time to swap out your case before you go camping, right? Uh, before you go to church, you have a, you swap out your, your rugged case for more, you know, more subtle, like, like subdued, you know, uh, case. And the same with your watch, you know, you swap out your bands. And I do too. I, I, I like to color coordinate my bands to match with my shirt or my hat or whatever for the day, but you have some that aren't as loud or flashy or rugged that you will wear to a church or to a meeting or something like right. that. And then you'll, you'll send me a picture like, Hey, I'm going on my on a camping trip and you have this big rugged, like green <laughs> watch band that can, that can, uh, you know, withstand any kind of, any kind of a uh, heat or sand or whatever you throw at it. So, you know, it may be a good idea for you guys too, to consider doing that. You know, if you're going on a vacation where you're going to be around pools or beaches or waters, then instead of having those, tacky oh, i say tacky I, i'm not making fun of anyone but they have these waterproof pouches that you know people and you use it for multifunction right you put your phone you put your wallet your yeah. id your money or whatever all in that pouch and that's a good idea to have but if you're going to be hanging out by the pool all week then maybe consider just throwing the phone in a waterproof case just for that week you know if your budget allows you know what i'm saying not, not don't don't just run out and just spend money if you don't have to most phones are uh, uh, water resistant now to a, you know to a certain extent and and everything anyway. But you know if if you can, if you're gonna be going camping, if you're gonna be night fishing or something like that, then maybe something glow in the dark may be you know a good idea to have uh, uh, with you and your kit. Uh, if you're gonna be in a sandy or really hot environment, then you know you want a case where your phone or your watch or your laptop that can stand up to to that type of environment. So. You know, you don't have to be extreme like Greg, but, you know, <laughs> definitely cover your, your waterproof and your dustproof thing. If you're going to the beach, you know, you don't want to get sand in your charging port and things like that. And, you know, so, so just consider things, consider the environment that you're going to. So, and uh, the last thing I wanted to cover just real quick is uh, stands and mounts. Now, I mentioned uh, uh, in one of the episodes, uh, the iPad mount that I use in the shop, it's a like a magnetic like uh, uh, mount so I can just take the iPad and just set it on a mount and it kind of sticks up higher than everything else on the table so I can have access and view my screen. So when I'm done with it, I leave it out there, but it's actually pretty portable because it folds down pretty flat. You know what I mean? Probably when I fold it down, it probably folds uh, as, as thick as some of the thicker laptops that are, that are available in the, in the, in the, on the uh, market. And I can just take that and throw it in a bag or whatever. But, uh, it, when I take it out, I can just set it on, on any service and set my keyboard right in front of it and, and just type on my iPad, whether I'm standing, sitting or something like that. So stands or mounts for your iPhone uh, or, or your, your laptop or tablet. That's always a good thing, too, to include in your bag. Yeah. 
I think Jason, we should put some effort in uh, between now and when this episode drops. To if you'll send me links to some of the gear, I'll put links in the show notes for okay. some of this key stuff that we have. I think that would be good to include in there, and then at least we'll have it all in one place, if nothing else. So, if you're interested in any okay. of this stuff, go ahead and take a look at the show notes. There should be stuff in there. If you don't see something we mentioned, just reach out, let us know. We'll get you a link to it. So, there's a couple of things on here we could talk about. The other things we want to see in the tech world. Um, yeah. maybe just go through those. And then I thought maybe we'd give folks a little more insight into us and talk about some of the shows we are watching or have been watching. Cause there's at least a couple of them we have in common. So, um, yeah, let's start with, uh, other things we want to see in the tech world. Let's just go through the list. So go ahead and hit yours and then I'll hit mine. Okay. So one thing I want to see is more, um, you know, cooperation between the, uh, the major players, you know, um, uh, it, it seems like whenever, of course, you know, it's, and it's like this with most things in the, in the world, but whenever Apple, Google, and Microsoft say we want to do something, all of the other companies kind of follow suit. So um, we, we talked briefly about the, uh, the, the Matter uh, protocol and, and uh, home automation and stuff. So I want to see some more cooperation between companies with, with more than just home automation. I'm, I'm talking like Maps. Now, I know Google Maps is their own thing and it's a company and all of that but um i want to see them open up maps for like apple maps who is still kind of you know what i mean it's still kind of my second choice sometimes when i'm when i'm looking for directions or something uh and and whatever other you know mapping services that are out there gps services you know i want to see them come together and, and try to get some kind of like a better standard right you know when it when it comes to navigation and uh you know because you know, we default to Google Maps, but the the truck has one built into it, which we never use for anything because it's so so hokey to try to type in addresses and all of that. It just Google just blows every other mapping service out of out of the water, and um, Apple is quickly catching up. It is more user friendly, more integration into iOS and stuff like that. But I want to just see some cross platform integration, uh, things like that. So, and the same with like uh, video chatting. FaceTime videos, you know what I mean? We use Zoom because it, it works better for us. We experimented with FaceTime. Uh, you didn't want to even bother with Google or something, you know, something else. But if there was something more cohesive with, with the, uh, the, the major players that we can all use, um, you know, video chatting too, I think would uh, be a lot better. And messaging, you yeah. know, for, for a certain extent. How many group chats do we still to this day have a problem with the Android users in the group chat, yeah. you know, it just throws off all the features and things like that. So if they, uh, you know, shared some things, you know, made them less proprietary then maybe, you know, yeah, and that's, it'll, it'll be a better experience for us all. And some of that's on Apple. Cause I think Google's more willing to be open than Apple is. Right. So yeah, I did yeah. see, um, I don't know if you saw this, but I did see that Apple and Google announced this week that they're going to partner to help people know when there's tracking devices on them that don't belong to them. I did see that. So I did that's that. great, right? More partnership on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I saw that too. I wanted to mention that when we talked about like the scare tactics from the media and stuff, um, that that's, it's a little more alarming. And again, I'm not telling people to, to relax and, and that no one's tracking you because it's always possible. Yeah. But that that's also one of those things that it's like the news media, they love to latch on to those headlines. They look for any case where someone is tracking someone. 
This was always possible long before AirTags or any other device yeah. that came out, right? Yep. If someone wanted to stalk their ex-wife or something like that, they were going to figure out a way. Um, while I agree, yeah, there's a $30 option for them to do it. It makes it easier. Um, it's, it's good to see companies, you know, work together on, on stuff like that. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Well, for me, the number one on my list, especially the, as I see more and more studies that talk about mental health issues associated with social media, I really yes. would like something to happen that helps with social media. There's a, a bill, a bipartisan bill actually going before Congress that's going to talk about raising the age and limitations on social media and stuff like that. And I think that's yeah. great. What I would like, and it's probably going to require this to become, we would have to start pay, f- paying for these services because they're free, right, is mm-hmm. something to better manage it where I can curate better what I see. If I think about my grandkids coming into social media in a few years where I could curate better what they could see and um, and then better ability to manage it. Like if I think about our businesses, you know, I wish I had one app that would and I think there are some paid services yes. out there, but you know, be able to manage all of this out of a single location. I just I think there's so much good that can come from social media, but like everything good, there's also the flip side, which is really, really bad, right? I mean, there's some really horrible yeah. things that happen with social media. So that's one thing where I'd like to see Apple and Google and Meta and um you know, maybe even Twitter, oh, that's becoming less and less of a thing. But, you know, them mm-hmm. to get together and say, we've got to deal with false information and balance that with freedom of speech and all of those kinds yeah. of things. I don't have the solution on this one, but I'd, I'd like for there to be one. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I agree with you. So this is a little off topic. Uh, you know what? I'll save this to the end. Okay. I'll save this to the end. We can we can go ahead and keep going. Uh, I want USB-C everywhere so I can have two or three cables instead of 10. Yeah. That would be super nice. And then, obviously, more tech to help making make RVing more manageable. And so I don't... Uh, this is something I think I'm going to dive into and start figuring out what tech is available for RVing and what's not. And, but even yeah. simple things, you know, like we're talking about hot water heaters, these tankless water tankless hot water heaters are just now becoming popular in RVs, but we've had mm-hmm. them. My grandparents had a cabin back when I was in high school that they put a tankless water heater in, right? Okay. And so the tech's been around for a long time, but they're now just getting more popular and Every year the new RVs come out, like now they're coming out with solar built in rather than you having to add it on after the fact. And now I've seen like these portable battery power generators like the EcoFlows and Anchor has some too, but where you can get a couple of those, hook your solar system right into those. And that way at night when the sun's not out, you've got these big, massive batteries as well as your trailer batteries that you can then invert the power and run your air conditioner if you're out in the middle of the desert at night, right? So that kind of stuff. But also, how do we take the home tech, the internet of things, right, and apply Mm -hmm. it into RVs? So maybe that's something you and I are going to end up exploring. Who knows? We'll see where that goes. So Yeah. 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 Because I think there's a a lot of cool stuff. You know, you mentioned those those uh battery powered like the generator alternatives really uh, is what they are and um you know for campgrounds where you have to you don't want to disturb everyone running your generator all night or stuff like that so yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of things 
And I agree with you with the USB-C thing too. Um, I'm over lightning. You know what I mean? I, I want to see it on the next iPhone, even though, we, you know, we'll go into iPhone rumors and stuff on another show. But um, yeah, U- USB-C on everything is, is uh, I, I want to get there too. Yeah. All right. Did you have another topic? Do we want to talk about TV shows for a couple of minutes? No, no, let's, let's jump into TV shows. So, uh, I know we, we're both Trekkies. Like we said, we were going to, we were thinking about kind of doing an episode kind of live stream on, on each one, but maybe we'll just do some bonus. We'll, cause I hadn't started watching it yet. And I, I don't believe you, you started either. Right. Well, I'll, of Picard. so Picard, I'll give you the sort of answer. So I did start watching a couple of episodes, but one of my problems and folks are going to learn this about me is I'm kind of sensitive to, uh, when there's a lot of language. Right. And yeah. uh, especially when we start talking about F-bombs in shows and stuff yes. like that, it's just not me. And I've been disappointed because the first two seasons of Picard had a couple of those and um, totally unnecessary, in my opinion. And then um, yeah. I went to watch another episode, but I heard that there was a bunch of language in that episode. So I stopped. And then uh, I was watching some clips and stuff on YouTube. And so I did actually watch the finale. And I don't remember any profanity at all in the finale. Okay. And this is not only the series finale, but it's the, it's the season, the series. It's, it's the end of Picard. This is the last one that they're doing that they've said. Yeah. So I did watch it. It was really good. I enjoyed it. So once you watch it, I won't do any spoilers. We can at least talk about the, the finale there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I did that one. I know you binge watch, but my wife likes to watch a lot of these shows with me. And so we did watch Mandalorian season three. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, okay. and I think it's set it up for some really good stuff going on in the future if they do it. So I'll be excited to see what you think about that one. That one, I did watch all the okay. episodes, so we definitely can have a conversation about that. Okay. And that one, that one's on my list as well. Yeah. But these other two shows I thought are, I got thinking about this. So I follow a lot of RVers. I follow a lot of um, mountain bikers on YouTube. And I got mm-hmm. thinking about these other two shows. One of them is alone. And this is a show where they drop 10, 10 participants off in isolated areas of the wilderness. And he or she who lasts the longest wins half a million bucks or whatever it is. Right. Um, okay. And then Mountain Men is actually following real life mountain men that live this mountain man laughs lifestyle like trap during the winter and do skins and you know native american crafting and all of this kind of stuff and so between those two shows which we're watching the latest seasons that are available to us on streaming um and then thinking about these rvers and youtubers that i follow i realize why i watch these shows and i watch these shows because i think they're really great like alone for example I don't care how yeah. much money you offer me. You're not dropping me off in the wilderness with 10 survival <laughs> items and expecting me to survive for a hundred days for a million bucks. I'm just not going to do it. Right. One, I don't like the cold yeah. nearly enough to want to do that. And they always do it during the winter. Yeah. Cause that's when it's hardest to survive for mountain men. I'll never live that lifestyle. Right. That completely off grid lifestyle. And then for the bikers, like the one biker I follow right now, he's been in Palestine and Israel riding and he was in okay. Peru right before that in the middle of full countrywide strikes where they were trying to get the government to resign. And he's in the middle of all of that kind of stuff. Wow. 
And then some of these RVers, they move every week to a new camp. And some of them right now have been down on the Baja Peninsula. So they're in Mexico camping. And one of them talked about getting robbed by the police while he was down Mm -hmm. there, right? And so I realized that I don't want to do any of that. I love to camp. I love to mountain bike. But I want to go to my certain areas and do certain things. And I want to live vicariously through all of these other people. So (laughs) (laughs) that's why I follow those folks on YouTube. And that's why I watched those couple of shows. And I thought it was just this aha moment to me, right? Understanding my personal style, which is my other podcast, Leaders Lift, right? Understanding Mm -hmm. um, my personality style, I realized that's why I do that. I never want to do those things. So I'll just live vicariously. (laughs) Thank you. Well, but you've been a scout leader for for many, many years, right? And and I'm assuming you were a scout too when you were little. So you have those survival skills and all that. So if you had to do it, you could do it, but maybe just not doing it for money. And and not, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just like some of them tap out because of isolation. Some of them lose too much weight that then they're pulled out because medically they're unhealthy. I mean, they're going days and weeks without eating anything significant. And so, yeah, I mean, and I think that also to a certain extent applies to things like the Mandalorian and Picard and any of the other sci-fi or fantasy type of stuff that I watch or that I read is I'll never do that stuff. So I love being able to live vicariously through these characters. Right. And I like to put myself in the place of these characters and do that. So anyway, so that's my uh, show watching stuff. One of the reasons I wanted to bring this up, and then you can give us your list, but one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is to see if our listeners have any suggestions and say, hey, can you guys talk about the difference between the next generation and Voyager and DS9 yeah. and you know some of those kinds of things? Because we'd love to do some bonus content for that kind of stuff. I mean, eventually we have to decide how we release that and stuff like that, but um, would love yeah. to know what other kinds of things, because I mean, we're, we're kind of nerdy and geeks. All through. I mean, I've got two Darth Vader posters over here, a Boba Fett poster. All of these pins are Star Wars pins from Disneyland. So you and I are definitely sci-fi geeks. So anyway. Yeah. I didn't realize those. I thought those were were related to the Scouts thing. I didn't realize those were Star Wars pins. No, that's so those are all Star Wars pins that my uh, nephews got me from Disneyland. And on the other wall, I have a lanyard that's got all of the Pirates of the Caribbean pins. That they got me. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, so I I hadn't had time to watch many shows. So I have a list of shows that I need to watch, including um, the last two seasons of The Walking Dead. I I just don't have time for those those shows anymore. Um, So definitely Star Trek Picard is the next show that I'm watching. Um, uh, The Mandalorian is on the list. Strange New Worlds uh, is the, the latest Star Trek. And let me tell you, this show is as Star Trek, Star Trek as any Star Trek gets. You know, this show is back to the roots. So the episodes, the way the uh, the pacing and things of the shows, the problems that they deal with is as close to the original Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation as, as Star Trek gets. Right. They're, they're not so. They're they They have a overarching story. Uh, storyline that's going on which which has been the uh the theme for the last few uh star trek series so they have an overarching um uh, uh, 
plot that's going on spread over the 10 episodes or, right. or however many episodes. But each show, is, they're back to each show has an immediate problem that they're trying to resolve that's not related to the, uh, to the overall arc. And uh, that's the Star Trek that I love. You know what I mean? One, one, one week is the, the ship is stuck somewhere and we're trying to work out of getting the ship stuck out of whatever. And the next week is about personal, you know, or interpersonal issues that they're dealing with with the crew and stuff like that. And that's the Star Trek that I love, you know, yeah. not so heavy on, uh, on the, um, don't get me wrong. This is what Gene Roddenberry wanted, right? He wanted to have the show and the episodes be a social statement of current events, right? Yeah. Things that are going on. If you don't believe that that's the case, you need to go back and watch your Star Trek. So people that are down on, on Star Trek Discovery or, or the, you know, the more updated shows, hey, this was, that's not, nothing different. This is what Gene Roddenberry wanted. Right. Now, they do it to an extreme to where, you know, on the, uh, on the, uh, the social commentary, they kind of do it, push it to the extreme on those shows, but I understand the point, right? So if you hadn't watched those uh, because you heard that they're really, you know, they're really pushing agendas and stuff like that. You know, they maybe give it a look because there, there, there's still some really good Star Trek episodes in between all of those, uh, 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 all of those uh, social commentary, uh, uh, yeah. you know, experiments that they include. But this show is different. So this is a modern Star Trek that's more like the original Star Trek that we grew up with. And I just love it. I just love it. Yeah. I'm so excited for the second season. So that's Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, it follows the uh, a lot of people that are not Trekkies doesn't realize that Captain Kirk wasn't the first captain of the Enterprise. Right. Uh, it was Captain Pike, and this follows the uh, few years where he was the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. So there's still Spock, there's still Uhura, uh, uh, there's still some of the uh, uh, characters that you're used to uh, uh, hearing about, but um, it's a different captain. So definitely check that one out if you had. I won't spoil this for you. But Picard has a lot of classic Star Trek ships in it. Okay. This last Okay. <laughs> That's what I love, too. I love those, those uh, Constellation-class ships. Yeah. I love all of those. So, and then uh, there's, there's a few other ones that uh, I, I watch. You know, Greg, you know, I know you, you don't like your profanity and, and uh, you know, things like that. But uh, I grew up watching a show called Beavis and Butthead. I don't know you re- you you probably remember hearing about that. I do. Uh, they revived that show, and it it too is on its second season. And uh, I, I hadn't watched any. It's it's just mindless. Uh, <laughs> it is a waste of time. It is a waste of time. But it it just that nostalgia of of just laughing at these two. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, 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 I won't go too much into it, but it is, uh, it, it reminds me of those, those old high school days and, and middle school days of watching these two. So, uh, it's back on, on the air. There's new episodes and it is, it is just like it used to be. Nothing's changed. So if you didn't like it, then you're not going to like it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm not judging, right? I mean, you know this about me. I have my my standards and what I want to live to. And that's fine. Everybody else can make their own choices too. Yeah. So, but yeah. 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 So that, that's, that's another one. But, uh, other than that, you know, um, I plan on spending all of my free time playing, uh, tears of the kingdom 
uh, uh, once it releases. So any any free moment that I have, if I'm not working or at an event or or you know recording a show with you or or any any free time is going to go into that game. So all right. Well, we hit the two hour mark. Got anything else? We did. So um, this one really wasn't a. Uh, I'll include it in the show just because we're already recording. But um, you know we, we've known each other for years, and and uh, I don't know if you remember us having this conversation. Um, but you had an idea, you know, uh, you know, eight years ago, and you said that hey, someone needs to create, or I would like to create. A service that manages all of your pay subscriptions. So your Netflix, your your Disney Plus, your Amazon and all of that. And and it manages all that to where you can just use that one app and you can pick and choose what you want, what you want to use for that month. And it'll automatically either cancel or suspend that subscription right. or, um, you know, send a cancellation notice. Uh, I heard an ad the other day for someone that created that thing. So you, sir, should be a millionaire. But <laughs> uh. if you would have moved on that idea all of those years ago, that is actually a service that exists now that will manage all of your subscriptions. I don't remember the name of it. It was just one of those ads that, you know, you just you're listening and you want to skip it or you, uh, you, you know, you're half paying attention to it. But I was like, Greg had that idea. Eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we 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 evolve and we learn to we see some of the risks we should have taken and didn't, and maybe yeah. some of the risks we took that we shouldn't have, right along the way. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know. Well, thanks everyone for thanks. listening. Have a great one.